heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. It's Friday morning, the 27th of January. Uh, A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you wherever you are. So much to get through this morning on this very, very busy Friday morning. Susan McDonald will join us very shortly. Peyton Fitzsimons will join us. Danielle Slade. Uh, the Mount Isa Mayor will join us. So much to get through. I'm going to weigh in on the Australia Day debate as well. I really want to focus on all these kind of things going on in your backyard. If you've missed anything and you want to catch up with us, Spotify is where you can go anytime you like to get our previous episodes. Just go to Spotify, search Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin and you can get all our latest episodes. So much to get through this morning. Big show for you, Rural Queensland today. Let's get into it across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Friday morning, the 27th of January. You're with Ben Dobbin on Rural Queensland today. Friday morning, Rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you this morning. Senator Susan McDonald joins us uh, and... She was out celebrating Australia Day, uh, going to different events throughout the course of the day. She joins us on this Friday morning. Senator, good morning. Um, Firstly, uh, we will get to Australia Day throughout this, but uh, a a leader, a colossus in Vaughan Johnson passing last Sunday morning. Um, I know you were equally shocked. You were one of the first people to post and obviously share just how upset you were. He was iconic in rural and regional Queensland. He was iconic in Queensland and Australia, and he fought for the values of us. Uh, I don't think anybody can take that away from us and from from him and his family. He was rural Queensland first, second and third. Good morning, Ben, and you are absolutely right. Vaughan, I think that's why there has been such an outpouring of of emotion and memories and and, – and thoughts about Vaughan because you were never in any doubt about how he felt about his communities. Uh, he was the person that you would call if there was something that you needed a hand with, if there was um, something going on in the West and you needed to go somebody to go to the trenches. You know, he was passionate. He would fight. He would. He didn't care who he had to stand up to uh, to get what he felt was right for Western Queensland in particular. Um, he was a fiercely loyal friend and, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, he will be missed by so many because they just, you know, he was just a unique, um, fabulous person. So on Thursday of next week, we'll be, we'll be celebrating his life. Yep. And I'm sure it will be uh, it will be standing room only. Yeah, it, it, it will be a very, very big service and one that I think will be very well attended. It, it does make you reflect that at times, and I said this to David Littleproud and I know you being a gnat, um, we have to the, not, not toe the line with the Liberal Party, but Vaughan was very much of the principles of the National Party. And when you, you lose somebody of his ilk, it makes you reflect on what he stood for. And and in that moment, I was like, you know what? It, it, it's just a reset that he was right on point and that we all need to be on point and we need to follow what he was fighting for, which we try to every day. But his values and his principles and how he stood up against 
or his own party, um, the opposition, and but also how he could conduct relationships and build relationships is exactly what the National Party principles are about. I think that's a great a great summary. I mean, you know, want to go toe-to-toe with somebody on, you know, whatever issue it was, but could have a beer with them afterwards. Yeah. You know, that is a real mark of a person to, yeah, to be able to separate the, you know, the fight from the person. And, uh, and I think, too, you know, I see in his children that same ethic of, um, of community service and, and, um, and doing things for their community. So, you know, they will be, they will be feeling his loss desperately, but, you know, he lives on in them. And I think that's, uh, you know, something very, very beautiful about, you know, families like that, that have that community service and belief in outback Queensland. Yeah. Well said. Um, the voice referendum. Can can we can we start with this? I, I don't fully understand it. So, Senator, can you just give us a snapshot of what we will be voting for? Yeah. Look, then I think that the 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 issue has been um, not well explained at all. And you know that the National Party has come out and said that we won't be supporting the voice. And just in as in as simple a way as I can, um, given the limited time we have, I think there's two issues. One is uh, constitutional change, and the second is uh, the the affairs for Indigenous Australia. Uh, they are two very different issues, and I think that the Prime Minister uh, is really doing a disservice to Australia by saying that they won't fund a yes and a no case. I think that uh, saying that um, people can go and Google a 200-page report and get all the answers themselves of what it's about um, is really disingenuous. You know, that's not the way people work. So, you know, the government is not going to stand up and do that work. We've got companies like the Commonwealth Bank and uh, uh, and Qantas and others who are running a yes campaign, but there is no clear um, factual discussion about what, what the choices are. When I read um, opinion pieces from senior judiciary figures like Ian Callanan about the very dangerous route of making changes to the constitution without truly understanding what the impact of that will be, uh, then I think that I, I can't vote for that because we have a very stable society. For a country that has millions of, of people who've immigrated to this country from uh, all shores around the world, to have the stable, successful uh, nation that we do uh, then I cannot understand why we would be changing the constitution without fully understanding what that's all about. And secondly, the voice, the the institution that the uh, the government that Labor is talking about, uh, could be enacted tomorrow. So we're going back to Parliament on the sixth uh, of February. We could we could pass legislation on that if the government put it up tomorrow, because. It is just a, you know, a legislative uh, framework. So, you know, I, I think that we, we look, for example, at what's happened in Alice Springs where the government had plenty of advice, plenty of advice from uh, people in the Northern Territory saying, please do not lift the grog ban, do not remove the, the CDC, the cashless debit card, uh, from these communities because it is working. We are having... Um, we're having uh, less drug use, less alcohol use. We're seeing more food on the table. We're seeing within six uh, months. Within six months, school. it was gone. Absolutely. Yep. 
So now I have zero confidence. I have zero confidence that Labor would actually listen to any practical uh, advice that doesn't suit their agenda. Uh, so, you know, voice, no voice, what's the point? Because when they got that advice from the Northern Territory, they disregarded it and there's now children and women and vulnerable people in that community who have can never get that time back of what they've lived through for the last six months of having out-of-control communities, of having more grog in the communities, of having kids as young as five walking around on the streets at night because it is not safe for them at home and they're not supervised. Uh, and, and a large part of that is pointing back to uh, alcoholism and um, disrupted communities. So uh, I just can't come at what, what this government's proposing because... I'm so, getting a steady list of yeah. bad decisions. So what's going to happen? Is there going to be a referendum on The Voice? Oh, the government has said so, and that is they have the numbers in the parliament to to pass legislation around that. So I think that is the short answer. Of course, the Greens may block it in the Senate, and I think that's what this the period of time is about, is trying to convince them. But I do think it's right that it goes to a referendum to allow Australians to say yes or no. Because I think this this discussion, this uncertainty, is not helpful at all. Let Australians come out and say yes, we want one, or no, we don't. And and so we're talking, I believe, about September. Why why, why has it got to this? Who like I mean, it's come from within, and I and I'm not being racist at all, and I'm I really am generally not. I I think we're all one. There's a song: "We are one, we are many." You know, we are. I am. We are all Australians. Um, I understand that, you know, there's been some wrongs to happen in the past. I, I completely get that and, and horrific. But I think that we've never been all together on the same page even more. Now, I understand that there's some there's some challenges, but there's some challenges with ICE and youth crime and with domestic violence. There, there, there is, in every facet of life, we've got big challenges. Now, I just don't understand what – these are not what, problems of yeah, race, yeah, These are not problems of race. Yeah. These are problems of – Poverty, of, yep. of lack of education, these these have cut right across society. There's, you know, probably not many families who are immune from one of those things you've just named. Um, and and I don't think that that, you know, that is about what your background is. That's that's you know your circumstances, and that's what we need to work on. Is how do we have better prosperity right across Australia, particularly in regional and remote Australia? How do we have more jobs? more opportunity, more purpose, more, um, you know, reasons for people to get up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's a really scary situation we're in. The Australia Day debate rages on and to be honest with you, like I am so conflicted on this, Senator, and I've talked about it on this show. Uh, I love Australia Day. I have no – the numbers and the invasion didn't even happen if that's what it was on Australia Day. Australia Day and the dates are completely different from what they're all protesting. Now, I understand that there has been some wrongs, but at what point do we draw a line in the sand? Now, a lot of people like, let's just change the date if we have to. If, 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 I, I know we shouldn't have to, but I, I, I feel guilty. I actually feel guilty celebrating and I want to celebrate. I, I really do. And, and I don't even know why they're all upset on that date because I've gone back and looked at it. Captain Cook didn't, didn't arrive on the shores of Sydney at Botany Bay on that date. Not even close. It, you know, that, that date was set in 1949. They've changed the date three or two. Like, what the bloody hell is wrong? And how do we get through it? 
Well, you know, uh, Matt Canavan, who I sit with in the Senate, uh, who I admire enormously. He's, uh, he's, you know, incredibly smart and, and a great fellow. And yesterday I saw that he was suggesting, well, why not add that to, uh, to any referendum on the voice? Ask Australians when they want to celebrate Australia Day. Uh, I think that most people want the opportunity to celebrate just how bloody lucky we are, how fortunate we are to live in a country that doesn't have civil war, that yep. is, uh, you know, broadly safe, that is, people have jobs. We have this amazing healthcare system uh, and education system that I think around the world people look at and say, God, imagine being able to, to do that. Um, we, we have so many blessings that people want the opportunity to have a day to say, we rock Australia. Yeah. And, uh, and to see, you know, as, as you said at the beginning, I was uh, right around um, a big part of the southeast yesterday and there was people out everywhere, under tents with flags on jet skis, you know, kids jumping off bridges and just having a great time about being out under the great southern sky and sun and yeah. celebrating just yeah. how fortunate we are. But yes, there are some people who have who believe that this is uh, a sad day. Well, you know, let's sit down and as a nation, so many things we've been able to come to a landing on as a as a country. Uh, I think Australians are very practical, and you know, let's let's make that another choice and say, do you want to move it or not? I think the the most important thing is that we get to come together for one day of the year and celebrate how great we are. But I think that what the government did, saying to people you could have a choice about oh, whether you worked or whether you didn't, horrific. that is absolute rubbish because government, gazette, public holidays. Who, who, so now who, who, who decided this? Who, who was that? Is that from the top? Is that the Prime yeah. Minister? Yeah, well, I don't know who it was in the government, but somebody in the federal government, and I believe the states didn't support this because – Every state gazettes all the public holidays. So does this mean that but employers are now wondering, yeah. well, if you're not Christian, are you coming to work on, on Easter? Do they open the shop? Do they not open the shop? Uh, what about what about Labor Day? You know, yeah. I would like to have a, a different day off, not so close to Easter and the others. Perhaps oh, I yeah. could have that in another part of the June week. long weekend. You know? Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, now out of control and for employers, Talking to employees, well, do you get do you get leave loading? Which day is triple loading? Where, where, you know, where, I mean, this is why governments gazette it so that we have clarity and surety about which days are our public holidays. Yeah. But if you're going to have people not celebrating a day, well, then it's not a day off. You know, I, I just think it's um, yeah, it's ridiculous. How do you get another day off to celebrate something that you believe in so little that you didn't want to? celebrated on the first occasion. Talk too much anyway. sense, Senator. You talk too much sense. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again shortly. Appreciate your time. Talk to you next week. Ben. Good on you. Yes. We'll take a break. Senator Susan McDonald. This is Rural Queensland today. It's Friday morning, the 27th of January across rural Queensland. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. I cannot believe uh, we're talking about this again. And I, I've got to say that I am shocked by this. National Australia Bank Longreach is closing. Now, this is the branch in Eagle Street, Longreach, and they'll be closing on Thursday the 20th of April. 
because of all these changes, they believe that their customers, and this is what their statement said, that our customers are choosing to do their banking online over the phone or by video conference and they continue to bank differently. It's important that we adapt with them. Because of these changes, we've made the decision to close NAB Longreach. Closing down of this branch is reaching crisis points as three of Australia's big four banks have moved to shut down and another 37 branches across the nation will shut down in the next few months. Now, the finance sector union has campaigned against bank closures for many years but is now seeking government intervention. The Australian Bank Branch Network is on its knees and I am absolutely appalled by this. The reason being is that I am sick to death of banks charging what they charge, doing what they do, and then not putting back. There's no two ways about it. Margins have got cheaper. And they got called in with the Royal Commission and they got punished for it. But the continuation of banks walking away from rural and regional towns is nothing short of appalling. Not every single person in an ageing population knows how to bank online. I struggle with it at times. You need to be able to go to a bank to actually have a conversation. When we all grew up, we had our bank manager, we had an agribusiness manager, and we were able to build a relationship with them and do the deal that we needed. They lived in the town, they understood the town, they got a feel for it, they got a feel for the seasons, and they were there to try and support you and grow your business. Now, you will be talking to someone down the phone or via video conference. Sound familiar? Sounds like the health system. Sounds like everything. Our services in the bush are being taken away from us. It is appalling. How National Australia Bank can believe that this is the right decision in a town that is as prosperous and as strong as Longreach and this isn't the first town they've done it, is nothing short than absolutely diabolical. I feel for the people of the Central West. I'm sorry. I really am sorry. But you're not getting the answers you you deserve and you're not getting the respect you deserve either. For too long, for too long this has been going on and I'm sick of it. Why won't the government step in? Why won't they say it's all right if you want to bank and you want to put your interest rates up and you want to charge and you want to do all these things? But part of the proviso is that you keep your branches open in rural and regional centres. We need the bush. We need rural and regional Queensland. But they don't do that. They don't do that with health. They don't do this with youth crime. They don't do this with roads. They don't do this with education. They don't do it with the internet. They don't care. And the big business is just absolutely mauling the bush. I can't believe this. I can't believe it. I'm appalled by this decision. Another bank shutting down, and this time it's in Longreach. They've done it throughout Queensland, in every town. And how do people go in and bank? How do people actually go in and do deposits now? Oh, you do it by Zoom or you go on the internet and inquire. Not everybody does it. This is a really, really, really disappointing decision. And more jobs lost. RM Williams shutting down in in Longreach. We've seen that. 
The businesses continue to shut in these towns. It's just not good enough. It's been going on for far too long and it's not good enough anymore. I'm really sorry for people of the Central West. And we will do everything we can to try and rectify it. But you know what? You're talking to a brick wall. Unless the government steps in, and I mean this, to support this and put some pressure on these banks, this will continue. And big business will rule in the metropolitan areas and not care. We will become a wasteland with no services. It has to change. And I know I bang on about it and I know I'm over the top at times about it, but this is just another nail in the coffin for a proud town like Longreach. It should never, ever have got to this. Never. Oh, well, we're not making any money out of it. Too bad. You make money out of every other branch. You have to have some businesses that are going to make some money sometimes and sometimes aren't. It's the whole swim. It can't be all one way. Yet they don't see it like that. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it, it's not funny. And I feel for the mayor who's tried everything, Tony Rayner. I feel for people up there who have a huge, in Longreach, who have a huge tourism business there, the people coming through can't go to a bank during there. They can't go and do some banking while they're there. The locals can't go into town. You can't see a bank manager in town. It's an appalling situation and one that National Australia Bank should be ashamed of. They released a statement. Unbelievable. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, I'll tell you what, this is a really great news story. On February the 23rd, Mount Isa is officially turning 100. And to celebrate it, Mount Isa City Council is hosting a range of community events on the day. There is, I don't think, any more greater regional town that has had such a rich history and has produced so much and generated so much money for the state and being so far away from the major capitals. The Mount Isa Mayor is Danielle Slade, and she joins us this morning. Uh, Mayor, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. A hundred years. Wow. Wow. Good morning. And, yes, look, we're all excited in Mount Isa, and it's not only going to be a party on the 23rd of Feb, but we're going to be hosting celebrations throughout the year. But the 23rd of Feb is the date we turn 100, and we're kicking off in the, in the morning with uh, at 9am, Tanya Koenig and Macca are going to be hosting a morning tea. <laughs> yep. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun. And it's just going to be a morning where we're going to have heaps of photos, video, speeches, cups of tea, coffee. And it's going to be an opportunity for probably our older generation to come together and just talk about, you know, what Manwiser means to us, our history, and just reflect on, you know, what so many of our, um, you know, pioneers have done to get us where we are. It's a great town. It's a great, great town and it is rich and ingrained in history and it's had its great times and it's had its bad times and it's it's had its struggles. But boy, oh boy, I don't think it's ever been in the headlights more than now in the sense of just the importance that it provides for the state, um, which, which, well, upset, which upsets me, to be honest with you, Mayor, <laughs> because – you guys are still banging every single day to try and get services that you're just you know, general services and, 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 and your voice heard, yet it provides just so much money for the economy for of Queensland. Well, that's right. And up until 2010, 
um, Mount Isa Mines was the, uh, as a private company, contributed more to the Queensland uh, economy than any other private company um, in the history of Queensland. So if you can imagine, we're we're batting well above our weight. And yes, it is really challenging at times trying to get some of the services that we desperately need. But, uh, you know, 100 years is, is just fantastic. And um, on the evening, we're hosting um, a party at Krishna Oval, which is one of our famous ovals, yep. and Lee, Lee Kernigan and Mac will be hosting again. And uh, there'll be live music, food, drink, and um, we're also opening a new fun park. Pool will be free. We're having a bank holiday on the Friday, so hopefully a few people can sleep in. Yep. <laughs> and But, uh, yeah, look, we're so excited here for turning 100 years old. Um, Man Eyes and Minds, as you know, um, we had a prospector called John Campbell Miles in 23, and a year later he sold that mining lease for £10,000. And, of course, he regretted that till the day he died. And so next year Man Eyes and Minds turns 100. So we've got two anniversaries um, consecutively. But it's going to be a fantastic day. If you are thinking of coming to Man Eyes or Rodeo, book now because every man and his dog is coming to Man Eyes for the rodeo. Yeah, I was talking and, and, to Nat uh, Flecker the other day and, and um, the CEO and she just said to me that, that this year is a special year um, and that Man Eyes or Rodeo it is just absolutely going to be with entire with the 100-year celebrations, just a massive, massive weekend. And my first yeah, visit oh, my first visit ever to Man Eyes, you know, was the my my first rodeo that I went there was in the nineties, and Mount Isa's geez, it's changed, hasn't it? Um, you've still got some challenges though, Mayor, and 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 and, and running the, the Mount Isa uh, City Council like you obviously are facing them all the time, you know. And it's not just in Mount Isa, but youth crime is a huge issue. It is, it is, and one of the things that's really impacting on us at the moment is we we do have a, a transient crowd that come over from the Northern Territory. Yep, and so. Um, you know, there's no doubt I was concerned with the announcement with the PM of um, the, the, the liquor licensing changes, which yep. um, that's really a doesn't huge make it easy, does it? It, does, it makes yeah. it makes it so that people can travel from the territory and come across, and that will cause that could cause some problems in your in your city. That's right, and I have I have reached out to everyone just to make sure that um, they understand that you know this could really impact on Mount Isa. So there the, are the definitely challenges that we, we're experiencing as a city, um, but, you know, they're not new to Mount Isa. We've, um, you know, over the years we've experienced different, um, you know, some some of that. But the, the youth crime is definitely something that um, seems to be happening all over Queensland. And yeah. uh, I've talked to my counterparts in uh, Townsville and Cairns and, and they are experiencing the same thing. So, it is something that um, I think every person on Queensland can relate to at the moment. Pretty significant time uh, in Mount Isa's history. Uh, is it being obviously a lot of the town? And you talk about transit population. It, it has held. It has held your population pretty, pretty consistent, hasn't it? Over the last sort of five to ten years, what, what would you like to see in your city? And what, what is it needed? Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I believe that we could host a university here that that actually just catered for mining degrees. Um, we are in the heart of the Northwest Mineral Province. There are mines everywhere around us. So having a university where kids could come here 
and get experience in every type of mining, you know, underground surface, metal efforts. Um, it is there and we've got so many exploration sites around us. You know, Mount Isa is on the lips of every um, mining community and every um, mining um, giant. So we're doing really well as a, as a city and we've really got a big, bright future. But, you know, our young people aren't staying here. And the apprenticeships, as much as you would think there would be more apprenticeships these days, that they are insignificant compared to years gone by when, you know, there was a, at least 150 intake every six months of apprentices, where now we're looking at 20 intakes of apprentices every six yeah. months. So yeah. the flying flight crowd's hurting us, and but we, we need more to keep our young people here. And having a, a university that catered in mining, mining degrees and at the moment, um, they are str- universities are struggling to get uh, young people into mining, and it's got a bad reputation, and that's unfortunate because we need mining. We need mining so you can have your phones and your computers and your fridges. Mining is so important. It's and you know what else it would do? It would also give people a snapshot of living out there why they study. Um, the the biggest issue that we all have, and you guys have it as well, is that people want the jobs in Mount Isa, but they want to fly in and fly out. Whereas you'd love to see more people lay down their tracks and say, hey, I want to be here. I want to live here and I want to raise my family here. Now, if you once you get there, once you get to Mount Isa, it, it's a phenomenal town. It and that area is just a phenomenal and great people. So yeah, why wouldn't we why wouldn't we try and give more people the opportunity that they have to lay their tracks there? They have to do a stint here. I'm not saying forever, but they do a three year mining degree out of Mount Isa and then they can choose. Maybe they they maybe they live in, in Concurry, you know, they, they, they might live right. in Longreach, you know, and travel back and forth. Like there is opportunity for everybody um, from that. That makes a lot of sense. Realistically, and, and, is it, it realistically, is it a chance of happening? Well, you know, we are, we've got um, two and a half million from the federal government to build a um, country university, which is it's sort of remote learning and it's just basically getting kids from no matter what degree you want to study all together and providing them everything they need, which is fantastic. But it, it it's going to, it's going to help local kids, but we really do need um, more. And we, we do need the state and federal government to make jobs local and, and, yeah. and for them to get away from fly and fly out too. But one of the things that you brought up such a good point, And when we're all together on the 23rd, everybody's going to be telling you stories about we only, we had a two year plan. We had a five year plan. But it's been 20 years, it's been 40 years, it's been 60 years, and I'm yep. still here. Yeah, because right. yep. not just Mount Isa, but the whole, you know, the Western Queensland, the great communities. And in Mount Isa, I, I grew up here. I was an immigrant from England, and my family came here. And when I first left school and got up the mine, and they were sort of saying to me, you know, after seven years, you get pro rata, after 10 years, you get long service, I certainly thought. I don't need to know this. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I won't be here. But of course, I've travelled the world and I've been places, and the, there is no place like Mount Isa. It is a great place to to live. And now I've got small children of my own, and I can't think of a better place to bring them up than Mount Isa. And you know, the community, we all we're all in this together. We all stick together. Everyone got your back. It's just. Yeah, I just can't describe the you know the people here, and and I think um, when people come here, they get this sense of community and how you know um, 
you get friendships that never die. It's just great. Yeah, it's a great town. You don't have to sell it to me. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> uh, it's a great town. Thank Mount you. Isa is officially turning 100 on the 23rd. Mayor of Mount Isa, Danielle Slade, joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Thank you and good morning. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. Peyton Fitzsimons to join us next. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Peyton Fitzsimons, National Livestock Manager for Rowat Rural, for the first time in 2023, joins us this morning. Fitz, good morning and thank you so much for being with us. Mate, I was so nervous. I thought you'd cut me. <laughs> I did. I did we tried to ring you last me. week just, just to give some clarity to everybody listening to us this morning. We did try and ring you last week, but we got a text message back at the beach, won't be able to talk. So how was your holiday? Obviously, you went to Burley, um, mate, and, and you ticked that box. And, mate, straight back into it, to be fair, um, I, I don't know of – a single agent yarding that has been so big in the last 10 to 12 years, at least in my memory, but you were a part of this in Tamworth on Wednesday, 6,000 head went under offer by Ray White Rural, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal effort. Mate, it was. Look, Dobbo, it was a, uh, without beating beating the drum too heavily, it was, a, it was an outstanding yarding of cattle there. We pinned just on 6,000 head. Um, it was orchestrated by um, by our Tamworth office, headed there by Scotty Simshawser and Simon Rafferty. Uh, a lot of other cattle came in out of the Ray White Livestock Network out of northern New South Wales. Uh, mate, there was there just on 3,000 steers, 2,600 PGIC uh, heifers and cows and calves and unjoined heifers. But, mate, as obviously all your listeners will be well aware, the job has softened, you know, incredibly in a short period of time and to handle, you know, a big proper number of cattle like that in an environment like we're in at the moment and, and have some very good success, it was great to see. So talk to me about, yeah, and, and talk to me about that. How 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 did the market go? We, we, we've been talking to a lot of people over, you know, New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland in the last two weeks. Now, it strengthened a little this week, but the mail that we were all getting was that the job in general has probably come back 20 to 30%, still very strong. Was that indicative of the figures that was coming out of Tamworth? Yeah, mate, very much so. Um, you go down, like you go like going back to say the first week of January when I was in Victoria for the Wiener sales. Um, the job has you know softened significantly again since then. Uh, there on Wednesday in Tamworth, you're good. You, you know your proper heavy, um, you know four hundred eighty to five hundred twenty kilo anchor speeder steers making sense equivalent of, you know, four four dollars twenty to four dollars thirty, then they're lot they're lighter brothers that are hitting the slot a little bit better from four twenty to four forty. Those kind of steers were making yeah, up to four hundred and forty and fifty cents. And then, you know, it obviously the cents a kilo increased as the, as those steers got lighter. So there was, you know, an, an insane quality yarding of cattle, which you'd like to think then might just sort of reset the bar for, you know, where the uh, where the job actually is. And that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, you know, you, 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 that that is um, it's going to be indicative of what happens seasonally. It's also going to be indicative of what goes on weather-wise uh, back here in, in New South Wales, but also overseas. Um, we know that the American, there's a lot of beef dumping the market. That export job is, is a driven job. There is going to be some heavier cattle come through, and we're starting to see that. There, although the reduction in cents per kilo, the weight is in the cattle at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Like there's been a great old, a great old line that's commonly used right across Australia that weight is king. You know, weight will off the, uh, will probably get you out of trouble more times than not. But there is a lot of cattle putting on a lot of weight very quickly now. And that happened, you know, right through until, you know, till Christmas last year. Um, and then with that big season now in the north and, and western Queensland, like I know, 
out in the old country, Adrian Blackall, uh, talking to our office out there. You know, Andrew Turner and Joe Grove tell me the cattle are putting on weight like they have never seen out in that neck of the woods. So, look, there's going to be um, there's going to be a time where there's going to be a lot of fat cattle, you know, coming to market, and also a lot of heavy cattle hitting the market as well. So, um, you know, New South Wales, uh, there's going to be a lot of cattle come you know come onto the market there in March. Uh, that'll be the start of those New England weaner sales and uh, and sort of Central New South Wales weaner sales. So there'll be a lot of calves, a lot of trade weight cattle hit the market again there. And yeah, they need some rain down there now, just to ensure that there's that moisture profile. And you know, everyone, Southeast Queensland included, everyone gets that opportunity to you know to get their oats in, uh, and then those markets will hold up. But you know, there's a lot of country that does need rain right now. Yeah, and that's and that's the interesting thing with with country that's had so much weather, the heat has sapped it. Um, we are looking at you know it's nowhere near as green as what everybody thinks. And and a snapshot through Queensland as well, there's pockets there that are drying out. Yeah, yeah exactly like I'm here in Dolby. And uh, we need rain, even though the, you know, the sorghum is just starting to come off and uh, in the next two to three weeks, we'll see if there'll be the sorghum come off in this neck of the woods. But we need rain here. You go west of here, like Tara through to Miles, like yeah, they need rain there right now. Yeah, and that, and that's uh, very, very – everybody's very, very clear and aware of that. Fitzy, property markets have been record highs. We've talked about land values. They're not making any more of it. But with a, a softening of the, the livestock market, will we see a reduction in the, in the property price or the good ones are still going to make plenty? Mate, the good ones, the Blue Ribbon country is always going to be very well, very, uh, very heavily pursued and will always make that good money. What what you can do in uh, in a market that people are only perceiving to be a little bit softer, you can actually stimulate even a stronger market because you'll get more people and more opportunists coming to the market. You know, thinking that they might be you know potentially getting a bargain, where it actually stimulates the price of that country. You know, especially through the auction process, and it actually makes exactly the kind of money that has been forecast being made the last couple of years. So it is at an interesting an interesting stage, obviously. The you know the interest rate rises and and where they're sitting where they're forecast to go they are still the talk of the town. However, you know there is still a very very healthy interest in Australian agriculture and and in our country. Um, you know there's a lot of in, there's a lot of investors wanting to get their hands on it and there's a lot of private um, you know private families that like to expand as well. So you know you put those two those two ingredients together. It's a pretty strong outcome. Yeah, you're dead right, and one that I think that we all agree uh, is really important that that holds as well because with interest rates this year and inflation, it, it doesn't need to get that scratchy. Uh, looks good, bodes well. Thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it, mate, and obviously a fortnightly um, wrap-up every second Friday on Rural Queensland today. Peyton Fitzsimons will be joining us. Uh, Livestock Manager for Ray White Rural Nationally. Appreciate your time this morning, Fitz, and we'll catch up again shortly. Good on you, mate. All the best. Thank you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today. Friday morning, the 27th of January. Have a great Friday and an even better weekend wherever you are across this great state. I'll be back on Monday morning. Best of tomorrow morning. Remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Ray Hadley to join you next. See you later, Queensland. I love you so much, and we'll catch up with you again uh, 9 a.m. Monday morning. Spotify was where you can go to catch up with any of the latest uh, anytime you like. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll take a break. Ray Hadley to follow you after the news.